What's up, what's up, hustlers? You know what it is. It's your boy, JT. And I want to tell you guys about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. Unless you record and edit podcast right from your phone. That's literally what I'm doing right now. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms with a single tap. It's also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. That's major. Anchor allows creators to earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Income Autopilot Podcast, the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while money works for you. Now, this is episode one. Now, we started off in episode zero, so for people that may not be aware of this or may not have listened to every episode in order, first and foremost, I wanted to let you know that you don't have to do that. But I do want to let you know that in last episode, we talked about the easiest way, in my opinion, to make consistently an extra $125,000 a year added to your bottom line. And we also explained who exactly this podcast was for. So if you missed that episode, I do recommend when you get the opportunity, when you get the time to please go check out episode zero. Now, this episode is going to build on that episode in that while we talked about how you can network your way to a consistent $125,000 a year extra on top of what you're already making, it is equally as important for us to talk about auditing your existing network as it is for us to talk about expanding and growing and monetizing your future network. So... I have a couple of notes here as usual. Also, housekeeping notes, you guys know, uh, I believe that you don't have to be perfect to be profitable. So I am having my podcast room built out, but I am reporting live from my dining room table in the meantime because uh, anything that's worth doing is worth doing immediately. Commit that to memory. That's a nugget. Now, when we say that's a nugget, that means that that is a, a key piece of information that if you apply that to your long-term memory and then implement it, you're going to be better in whatever way, right? Um, sometimes we're going to give financial nuggets, spiritual nuggets, relationship nuggets, but all in all, that's a nugget, right? So if you hear my ice maker, if you hear my five-year-old, if you hear my dogs barking, if you hear a piece of paper fall off the table, bear with me. All right. Reason why I want you to bear with me is because I want you to understand that when you do something entrepreneurial, it's not going to be perfect. There might be mistakes along the way. You might not flawlessly execute it, but you could still be profitable. All right. And that should be encouragement for those of you out there uh, if you're missing it. All right. So don't think that you got to know everything and you got to execute it perfectly. Um, and I'm a practitioner of that. So getting back to the point. Auditing your existing network is something that you have to do if your goal is to be a man or woman that creates automated income, passive income, put your income on autopilot. So now that your money is working, you have more time, freedom to do what you love and to fulfill your God given purpose. Since that's what we all about. Right. We're not making money just to make money. We're making money for a purpose. So the first thing that we have to ask ourselves is who are our day ones, all right? Episode two, we're going to talk about who are our day ones and what do we owe them, if anything. Now, it's better to be proactive than reactive. So even if currently you're not at a level where people around you are treating you like you owe them something, 
understand that as you grow, financially speaking, there will be family members, there will be friends. Heck, there'll be strangers that feel like, hey, you got it. It won't hurt you to help me, so you should help me. So uh, don't think that if you're not already in a position to help people financially, that this episode is irrelevant. This is going to actually help you better yourself and be prepared for that issue or problem before it arises. So most people define day ones as long-term friends. You get what I'm saying? Uh, Of course, you know, I'm an African-American, so... Uh, in urban areas, right? You know, we we got a little slang to us from time to time. So, um, from a little country town, you call your long term friends your day ones. Now, this could be just friends. This could be friends and family members. This could be a significant other um, as well. Now, granted, when you talk about a significant other, if y'all building a future together, then yes, there are certain things that are going to be expected as part of that relationship. So we're going to set relationships to the side as we talk about auditing your day ones and do you owe them. However, it is important to note that, hey, that's a part of what is meant oftentimes when people say day ones. And But if you're listening to this, you're smart enough to understand that you can't treat your significant other like a stranger or maybe the same way you will treat some of your family members and friends. All right, you got to be more compassionate at times, more understanding. Sometimes go outside of what you want to do uh, for the benefit of that other person if you really care about them and if you want to uh, spend your life with them long term. Now, I'm going to give you guys some criteria for us to talk about. I want this to be an open discussion. You guys can reach me again on social media, uh, JT Automations on YouTube. JT Hustles on Instagram. We're currently building the blog site for the podcast so that way you guys can respond directly to the podcast on the podcast website. But in the meantime, uh, I want to let you guys know you can reach me, all right? Uh, My website currently is authorjt.com, authorjt.com, and let's talk about it. So what do you owe, if anything, to your day ones? Do you owe them money or do you owe them opportunities? If you owe them anything. I'm going to give you guys my opinion on this as somebody who is a serial entrepreneur who has some day ones that uh, have done everything from talk bad behind my back to try to set me up to be killed. And that is not a figure of speech. That is literally what uh, had happened before. So, uh, Everything from people that are resentful, wish they were in my place, people that will just talk junk about you, people that will try to uh, harm you in a real way. All of that is happening. Um, So my opinion on day ones, if you owe them or not, depends on what they have done and what you have provided them in the past. For example, if... I became a full-time entrepreneur in 2014 and you worked for me in 2014 and you got paid for the work that you did. Fast forward, let's say back then I couldn't afford to pay you anything more than 15 bucks an hour. We did business together. You worked, you got paid. Fast forward to today, let's say that now I'm in a better financial situation and I can afford to pay you $50 an hour However, 
we're no longer doing business together. We're still friends. You're still a day one of mine. But let's say that somewhere along the way, you decided to part ways with me or I decided to part ways with you or it was mutual. However it happened, it happened. And now you do something else. I do whatever. Um, but we're not working together. Financially speaking, my business thrived. Maybe you helped that business get started or maybe that business was just the springboard to allow me to do new business. I feel like that it is a fair transaction to pay a man or woman a fair wage for a fair days of work. Now, that does not mean that you don't have to do something extra for them if you would like to do something extra for them. By all means, you can do it. But are you obligated to do more than what you agreed to do for them and what they agreed to receive? I don't think so. All right. And I do understand that me being from a low income environment and maybe, you know, somebody that come from a low income environment or maybe you yourself come from a less than optimal financial upbringings, right? There was no silver spring. Uh, I was about to say silver springs, right? There was no silver springs or silver spoons for that matter uh, on your road to get into where you at. So I personally think that if you took care of them when they were adding value to your situation, then that was a fair exchange. If you did not take care of them when they were adding value to your situation, I do think that you should uh, go back and look out for that person. For example, if uh, you're starting a brand new business and people are working for you for free, um, once that business takes off and makes money, you should look out for those people. Um, if you're working a situation and people are, they're willing to not give their time, maybe they can't give their time, maybe they can give you some money, maybe they can put you in connection with some relationships that they have that you don't have, and later on that benefits you in a positive way, uh, I believe that uh, that you can give that man or woman something, uh, and you do owe that man or woman something because um, that was the case. Now, however, I do also in the same breath understand how many of you might feel that that needs to be an upfront discussion, meaning that if I introduce you to a friend of mine and y'all go off and make millions of dollars together, I want to get $100,000, that is something that we should do proactively and not reactively. Because if you introduce me to somebody just because you thought that we all should be friends and not for any monetary gain, once there is a monetary gain, you shouldn't try to double back and make it seem like uh, you you did that to make money, right? That makes you seem like a disingenuine man or woman, just to be honest with you, all right? So straight up, if you are personally somebody in that situation or if you're ever faced uh, by that situation, again, this is my opinion as somebody that has dealt with it, if you introduce me to somebody for us to do business together and we do business, let it be known up front. Hey, listen, I would like to be a part of the business if business goes down. If you introduce us and just say, hey, I just want y'all to know each other and you have no financial interest in what may come out of that, then hey, by all means, you don't have to say anything at all. 
The reason why I think that's necessary is this. Simply put, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with this. If you introduce me to somebody for us to do business and the business thrives and does incredibly well and you expect to be compensated for your introduction and you did not say that up front, but you just assume that that should be done on the back end. In the same token, if you introduce me to somebody for us to do business and I lose money, lose resources, or lose anything, can I come to you seeking compensation because you made that introduction? Now, a lot of people don't think about it that way because they're short-sighted. But if you and I were to partner and make a lot of money together and somebody that introduced us came around and said, hey, I know I didn't say that if y'all made money, I wanted to make money, but I think that because I introduced y'all and y'all made so much money that I should get at least a referral fee, right? In the same token, if that man or woman introduced me and you and we put money together, put time together, put other resources together, and we lost money, could we go back to that person and say, hey, listen, you expected to benefit from the relationship if there was any benefits. However, what about if there's any losses? So are we to assume 100% of all of the liability, 100% of all of the risk, 100% of all of the potential losses, and only entitle you to a portion of the benefits? All right? Fair is fair. We got to take emotions out of the situation. All right? Fair is fair. We have to take emotions out of the situation. So that was an issue that I faced. That may be an issue that you're facing now or you may face in the future. Um, if you're worried about that becoming an issue, I think that you can even bring that up. Right? Okay, listen, you want to introduce me to so-and-so. They can help me get my credit fixed. And uh, after they help me get my credit fixed, I might partner with them and start doing a credit repair service. And what if my credit repair service makes $30,000 a month, right? Hey, do you expect to get $300, $3,000, something out of connecting me with the person that, one, helped me get my credit together and then taught me to do the business and helped me get started, all right? Um... So I do understand the value of a referral. I've paid for referral fees. I will still continue to pay for referrals uh, if they're referrals that I want now, right? Can't nobody just introduce you to somebody and then stick their hand out and say, okay, give me money. But if they're referrals that I need and want, then I have no problem paying referral fees. What you're not going to do, though, is assume zero of the risk, zero of the liability, but expect to receive a benefit if things go if things go well that's not real life it's not business all right or that's not real business that's not high level business that's not the kind of business we're going to do if our goal is to build real relationships that last long term so that we can have autopilot income right if we're going to put our income on autopilot we have to have a good foundation a good structure build up an asset the cash flow to us then systematize that asset now relationships believe it or not are assets or liabilities depending on who you holding on to because if your day ones if you go off let's say that we both graduated college together or even a step back 
let's say we graduated high school together. Let's say you went off to the military, college, got a good corporate America job, uh, made some good money, started to invest in real estate. Now, uh, let's let's call it 20 years after graduating high school, you're now a multimillionaire, a veteran, a corporate America entrepreneur, you know, you the whole shebang. As the old people used to say, you're all of that in a bowl of grits. But let's say that I never left our small little country town and I've been turning up ever since high school. So I smoke, I drink, I'm supposed to stop, but I can't. I uh, uh, I party all the time. All I want to do is chase women and have fun and do all of this that is is really childish once you get to a certain age if that's all you're focused on or if that's a primary fo focus of you yet uh just because it's childish doesn't mean that there aren't grown people that's doing it so let's say that we were tight in high school we ran into each other at the 20-year class reunion i look like everything i've been through you look like none of what you've been through because you're a millionaire now and because let's say while we might have lost touch consistently from time to time we communicate might be a happy birthday merry christmas uh short conversations here and there everything very lighthearted right maybe it's lighthearted because i don't know that you were doing so well compared to me all right because lots of times when people think that we're on the same page um we not gonna ask for nothing because we feel like, well, if somebody asked me, I would think they crazy. So if I think that that person is on the same level as me, I don't want them to think I'm crazy. 20 year class reunion, we meet up. At this point, you discover that uh, I'm all of that in a bowl of grits and you struggling or vice versa. Maybe you all of that in a bowl of grits and I'm struggling. And I say, hey, listen, man, they say you worth uh, $3 million, uh, your own real estate, that cash flows, net profit to you uh, around 15 grand a month, uh, plus you got your veteran check, uh, plus you work a corporate America job, man, you up right now. I have this idea that I think will better me and it will only cost you $10,000. Let's assume that you're in a space where Financially speaking, $10,000 is not a whole lot of money because, like we said, you up, up fifteen grand a month net profit from your real estate. You got your veteran retirement money or whatever coming in, and you also got multi-six figures. Let's say it's 200000 plus a year coming in from your corporate America big wig job. Do you give me the $10,000? Understand this. There is no right or wrong answer as far as do you give it to me or not? Now, if I ask the question, because understand this, I ask that intentionally. If you ask the wrong questions, you'll always get the wrong answers. And that's true in all aspects of business. Now, if I ask you, do you give me the money? That is a matter of personal opinion. If I ask you, do you owe me $10,000? The answer is an obvious no. I haven't went to the military. I haven't went to college. I haven't uh, learned real estate. 
I haven't invested in real estate. I haven't done anything that you've done to be able to have what you have, yet I want to manipulate our relationship to make you feel bad enough to help me. That's predatory, that's malicious, that's not love, all right? But they'll mask that under the veil of friendship, the veil of family, the veil of we known each other so long, the veil of you remember back in 1972 when you was cold and I bought you that poncho for a dollar uh, so that way the rain will get off you and you won't be as cold. Uh, fast forward to today, I think that dollar poncho is worth at least $30,000 today. Man, get out of here. We got to be real. Get out of here. All right? So what do you owe your day ones? Now, if your day ones, like we said earlier, made an investment early on and didn't expect anything back, I still think that you owe them because they didn't have to do that. Now, if your day ones worked for you and they earned a fair wage at the time, that was a fair exchange, right? Um, I think that you don't owe anybody that hasn't helped you get to the level that you were at any part of the level that you're at, right? And my logic is because what if the opposite would have happened? For me, truth is universal. If something is true, it's universal. That means that it's true for me, it's true for you, it's true for anybody, it's true today, tomorrow, just like it was true yesterday, and it'll be true infinitely, all right? So if I better myself and you don't, I owe you. What if... I don't better myself, and I take a loss, all right? Are you supposed to share in my loss? Let's say you're not up. We got a call coming in. Corey, what's up? Man, man, I got you on my podcast, the Income Autopilot Podcast, and you actually called at a perfect time. So I'm recording the conversation, but the topic that we're doing is day ones, do you owe them? Do you owe you? So what my take has been so far was that um, if the, if your day one partners worked for you and you paid them while they were working, then y'all parted ways, they've already been compensated. So if at the time I came and worked for you and you paid me $10 an hour and I agreed to $10 an hour back then, uh, now, fast forward, if we parted ways and now you can afford to give me a million dollars an hour, you don't owe me that. I'm sorry, I'm a truck. What's the next? Say that again. I heard the $10 we paid. Yeah. $10 we parted ways, I heard that part. Yeah, so what I was saying was that uh, when it comes to day ones and do you owe them, it, it depends on the situation. Like if you hire me for your company and you pay me $10 an hour, and I agreed to $10 an hour, um, that was a fair exchange. I didn't have to agree to that. Now, let's say after a while I say, okay, Corey, I got to go do something else, make more money. And then let's say a few years later your business blows up. Even if you can afford to pay me a million dollars an hour, you don't owe me that. Now, if you want to give me that, that's your decision, but it's not like a you owe me that situation. Absolutely, because, I mean, you do it based on the standards. But, I mean, of course, you know, some friendships are going to be a little bit different from others, but, yeah. 
right? And a question that I have for you that I was answering when you called is when it comes to people saying, okay, I'm your day one, so uh, you should do this or you should do that, do you owe them money or do you owe them an opportunity? Or would you say Man, it just depends? I, I, I feel like a real day one is not going to even come to you like that. I think more opportunists come to you like that. Um, being on you and the stuff that, the lanes you got and all that, I, I get more out of the knowledge. Yeah. But, you know, that's coming from a person that don't, don't mind putting in the work either. You know, everybody don't want to put in the work, they just want to get the money and just go on about their business. So, it's just, a, a lot of that's going to be based on the person. I'll say it like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we say day one, but, you know, day one sometimes just means somebody we've been knowing for a long time. And yeah. we tend to think they're our day one, but they're not necessarily what our definition of a day one is. Let's say it like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's how most people define um, day ones. So um, we ain't going to use nobody real names just to protect the innocent. So let's say that you graduated high school uh, with, with one of your partners that y'all was tight back in the day. But you go off, and over the course of 20 years, you become a multimillionaire, and they never left y'all hometown. Um, let's say y'all don't talk every day, but let's say every now and then through um, through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, he might say, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. Y'all have little lighthearted conversations. Okay, at the 20-year um, class reunion, y'all run into each other, and this person says... Man, Corey, I ain't knew you had it like that. I got a business idea, and it'll only cost $10,000 for you to invest, and I'll give you half of all of the money that we make. Um, now, again, we all know that it's it's up to you if you give it or not. That's your opinion, and it's no right or wrong answer. But do you owe that to your friend as part of your friendship? Let's say that you can make $10,000 in no time if you wanted to. Do you owe that to your friend just for him being your friend? You know, if it's something I want to do, cool, but I don't owe it to him. Yeah. I, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think the real friends, friends, real friends, would think you owe them that anyway. Yeah. But now nah, you don't, you don't owe them that. Um, you know how many ideas I come up with on a daily that I know can make money. Yeah. And if I came to like you, or you know. Uh, some other people I know, you know some other people I know that got money. Yeah. And and, and did that, man, come on. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, I got a ton of ideas of different things, but I wouldn't, I just, nah. Yeah. I, you definitely don't owe me yet, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, Corey, let me call you right back. I'm about to wrap up this episode, and I'll hit you right back. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, Corey uh, owns a pest control service in Memphis, Tennessee, an appliance repair service in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, he is also a content creator on Facebook on and YouTube, right? Right now, I think those are the two platforms that he's on. He is um, the owner of one of the biggest RC um, Facebook groups out there. Uh, that's a hobby that he enjoys doing, RC cars, outside of his businesses and stuff like that, um, and uh, is monetizing that as well. And I share that with you to let you know that, um, of course, he's a six-figure-plus entrepreneur, and he's a part of my network. Uh, I didn't grow up with Corey. Corey is not from the same city or state as me, right? Uh, I'm 32. Corey is 
over 10 years older than me, right? Oh, so he got me by a decade plus. I met Corey through networking, like we talked about in episode zero, right? Um, but now he has became what they call a fast friend. He like a brother to me. Uh, we talk about a lot of different topics, do business together, make money together, all right? And uh, there are people that I can't say that about that I grew up with and that when I see them, it's all love, man, love to laugh, reminisce, all of that good stuff. But when it when it comes to financial situations, um, if we're going to do business, let's do business. If I'm going to give you a handout, it's a handout. But I don't owe you, nor do you owe anybody that did not help you get to the level that you're at. Now, they could have helped you get to a level, right? But just because somebody taught you how to pop popcorn in the microwave does not mean that you owe them a restaurant once you become a restaurant tour and have restaurants all over the country. Be for real. People will always like to bring up the past and use that against you to guilt trip you into believing a lie. All right, and like Corey said, that should be your first sign that that's not your real friend. Now, there's nothing wrong with making money with your friends, but be upfront with them. Say, hey, listen, man, this is what I want to try to do to make money. Can you help me? And then if, if they can give you money to invest, that's one thing. If they can introduce you to somebody, that's one thing, right? Whatever resources they have, that's something. But let's have the entire conversation up front. You tell them what you're trying to get out of it. Let them express what they're trying to get out of it up front, proactively, and not on the back end, right? That way, everybody knows what we're doing. It's no assumptions. It's no, oh, you supposed to know that. It's no common sense. It's none of that. Because common sense, as I always like to say, is just a culmination of your experiences from birth up to now. What's common sense to you may be nonsense to me. What's common sense to me may be nonsense to the kids of Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and et cetera, right? What's common sense to them may be nonsense to children of people that are in other countries, all right? So none of this, you just supposed to know that. None of this is common sense, all right? So we, we have to get out of that mindset, all right? And if you do owe them for how long? I believe that opportunities taken advantage of would last longer than money. Instead of me giving you $1,000, what if I give you an opportunity that would allow you to make $1,000 a month passively in perpetuity for the rest of your life? What's more value? Now, the opportunity might require work, but the end is way more profitable than if I just reach in my pocket, pull out $1,000 and give it to you. Now, the man or woman may not want the opportunity because they may come to you uh, in a moment of pain, in a moment of desperation, in a moment of weakness. And when you turn them away, um, that might manifest itself into anger because they feel like I'm in pain. I'm desperate. You can help me. I helped you before. Why won't you help me? Right? And they're they're not thinking clearly. Right? Apples to apples. And I don't want you to leave this podcast thinking that you never have to help anybody ever. But I do want to remove the burden that if you become successful, you got to bring the whole hood with you. Unless the whole hood 
is on your team and helped you build those millions of dollars, right? This one did your social media. This one did your website. This one negotiated your contracts. This one went and found deals. This one helped you work day in and day out. This one helped you brainstorm, right? If they didn't help you get to this level, they didn't do anything to eat of the fruit of this level. So you do have a choice. You always have a choice. You don't have the obligation, all right? And to answer the question for how long is for however long you feel like it. If you do give them an opportunity, all right? You don't have to give them an opportunity every time you have an opportunity. If they waste a small opportunity, what will make you think that they'll take advantage of a big opportunity? If I give you an opportunity to make an extra $100 a month passively for the rest of your life and do nothing with it, right? That man or woman does nothing with it. Why should I help you make $1,000, $20,000, 30000 It's going to take more of my time, more of your efforts. It's going to take more, more, more because we're getting more, more, more. So if you wasted the small investment, what would make me believe that you wouldn't waste the big investment? Let's be real. All right. I want to end here with an example, real life example. Like I said, we're going to use uh, new names to protect the the innocent. All right. So we're going to call them Kevin and Steve. When I started my first business, I had two employees. It was an independent courier service. For those of you that may not know, that's my favorite business. That's not the business that made me the most money, but it's the first business that allowed me to leave corporate America, make not just enough money to pay all of my bills, but provided me with excess disposable income that allowed me to invest in my financial literacy, invest in other businesses, and was the seed money to get to the level that I am at now. Now, the things that I do now make more money, but they were not my bridge over. So that being said, my first real business was an independent courier service. For those people that don't know what that is, that means that I went and partnered with 3PLs. 3PLs stand for third-party logistics companies. And I would be the person that takes the mail to the post office, right? So I would take big bags of mails to the back of the post office. They would be scanned and sorted, loaded on mail trucks, and eventually end up at residences or businesses right i did that with a cargo van and with a box truck i also was the person that delivered the pharmaceuticals to walgreens pharmacy walmart pharmacy rite aid pharmacy back in the day for those of you that remember that all right so i delivered mail pharmaceuticals auto parts to like your gmc and cadillac dealers all right believe it or not there is a company that brings them that stuff so when you go see a pharmacist at Walmart or wherever you go, they didn't drive to the manufacturer, load up their personal vehicle with that medicine, and then drove it back to Walmart so that way they can have it when you come there for it. All right? That was my job. That was my business, and uh, it's an independent business, so they hire contractors to do all of that. Um, it's a simple enough job. You sort the freight. You scan the freight. Um, that way there is a custody chain or there is a digital record that this freight was received by you. It went on your vehicle and then you will scan it again once it comes off to show that the custody chain or the paper trail 
ends at the appropriate end destination. So it will come in usually from the manufacturer to a warehouse in a nearby area. Nearby could be 20 minutes or an hour and a half. It really just depends on how rural or urban an area you're in. So the manufacturer will have it shipped to a warehouse. You'll go to that warehouse. You'll sort that freight. You'll scan that freight, meaning that you're taking possession of it. You'll load that freight into your vehicle. Um, usually it's touch freight as an independent courier. It's not like being a CDL truck driver where somebody will come with a forklift or a pallet jack and load you up. You load it up yourself. Um, usually all you need is a hand cart in most cases, and you can get by um, with, with just that. But that's the business, and I was long-winded with that explanation because I wanted you to understand what it was because uh, I don't want to make the assumption that everybody knows what an independent courier is and what I was, right? That was my first business that, like I said, made me real money, got me to six figures. So Kevin, all right, that's what we're going to call one of my employees, not his real name. And if you're Kevin or you know a Kevin, I'm not talking about you. Kevin was a great worker. He showed up on time. He was somewhat proactive and overall an asset to my team as a driver, right? So he would come and he would uh, deliver freight, pick up returns, all right? Uh, I like Kevin. Kevin was, was a good worker. Um, next, Steve. St Steve was not as good of a worker as Kevin, but what Steve brought that Kevin didn't bring was needed levity to an otherwise stressful situation. And now they want to race past the house. But keep in mind, like we said earlier, you don't have to be perfect to be profitable. So reporting live from the dining room table, we still here with it. All right. Moving on, though. So Steve brought needed liberty to an otherwise stressful situation. Um, so he was funny. He made the job bearable. Right. Didn't know what I was doing, was learning on the go, shooting from the hip, made a lot of mistakes, easily thought about giving up. Um, and Steve will come do something crazy, say something crazy uh, to make it seem not so bad. Uh, Steve was a, a decent worker, but he had to be micromanaged. You couldn't train Steve and give him an assignment. You had to train Steve and then watch him do the assignment, which was not efficient for me. Uh, especially as a small new entrepreneur, I wanted to have uh, a team where you can do this while I do that, while they do this, and we can all come together and get this project done quicker and more efficiently. But if my time is tied to your time, then that means that we can only get so much done in a certain amount of time and it reduced our uh, efficiency, right? If you gave him a proper system, Steve that is, he would execute it but you would have to micromanage him because if you don't, he would get lazy and he would quit working. He would try to cut corners. He would try to do, you know, all kind of little stuff. All right. This was round 2014. Fast forward. I no longer have an independent courier company. I have a media company. All right. Uh, the purpose of my media company is to positively impact at least, at least, at least, had to say it three times so you know I'm serious, 10 million different people a month, whether it's via this podcast, whether it's via my YouTube channel, whether it's via my conference, whether it's via my Instagram, whether it's via my short films, my books, 
all of these different channels that I'm building within the umbrella of my media company. Now, I make significantly more now than what I did when I was a brand new, don't know much, learn as I go, independent courier business owner. So naturally, Kevin and Steve want to come back. Kevin and Steve didn't make a lot of money when they were working for me um, because I didn't make a lot of money, right, at the time. However, they were there. They would be constituted as day ones. Um, and I'm actually related to one of these people through blood. Um, the other person, I claim them like blood. Uh, they relocated from the Carolinas to Maryland when I needed them to. Um, so they felt like they did a lot and therefore they want a lot, right? Uh, both of these men believe that I should take care of them for forever, right? Or at least all of their working years. I should put them in situations where they can make money, have an easy enough life, and be profitable. They know nothing about the nature of media. All right? They knew very little about transportation because I knew very little about transportation, and I'm the one that trained them to be independent couriers. So the question then becomes, what can they do at this level to add value to me, right? Workers shouldn't cost me money. Workers should make me money. So if I was to hire them, what could they do? Naturally, that's a question I ask them. Neither one of them could give me a direct answer. They can give me a, a all-around-the-world roundabout philanthropic, 100 feet tall, broad answer. But neither one of them could give me a direct, straight to the point, this is what I can do. This is how it would add value to help you reach your goal of reaching 10 million plus people per month, spreading that if you love God and keep him first, you can do anything in life, whether it's improve your finances, your relationships, your physical health, you name it, it can be done. That's the mission. These guys just want to come and get easy money, but they've done nothing to help me get to this level, all right? And this level, while the independent courier company brought the seed money for me to do this business, I had to learn everything on my own. And you can't say that because they helped you raise the seed money that they're entitled to this level because they got paid at that level, it was a fair exchange, right? Fair labor for fair pay. And fair means that you agreed to it. So even though it wasn't six figures, a piece that they made, they agreed to it. There's a good chance that most listeners of this podcast don't make six figures because in the United States, most people don't make six figures a year. But whatever you make, you agreed to it, all right? So at the end of the day, it was a fair exchange. If they want to be entitled and say that I owe them anything at this level would also mean that since they left my business, I went broke and homeless, lost it all. At that point in time, they didn't offer me a couch to sleep on, a hot pocket to eat, a Dasani water to drink. They didn't have anything. So what if I would have stayed at that level and that would have been the story of Django? 
right? Would those men and women owe me a place to stay? Would those men and women owe me an opportunity if I failed? Why? Why? Hope you guys got value out of today's episode. Share this with a friend. These are the hard conversations that we must have to be proactive and not reactive. All right? This is the Income Autopilot Podcast, the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while your money works for you and the relationships that you have will make an impact on the money that you're able to make. All right? Now, I'm going to end this. I'm going to end this with an audio message that just came through, and this will lead us into episode three. All right? This is from a good friend of mine and a business partner. All right? I'm going to play it. I have no idea what it's going to say. Hope it's nothing crazy. So that is a voice message that just hit my phone. Swan is my age, but we didn't grow up together. We met each other through business as well. And as you guys just heard, uh, he pitching me an opportunity, right? Uh, an opportunity to make a residual income, all right? And now compare Sawan contacting me with an opportunity to partner with him to make a residual income with the Kevin and Steve's in your life, right? Or the Sheila's and Chrissy's of your life, if it's women. And no shot at you if your name is Sheila or Chrissy. I just made those names up, so don't take it personally. But you guys know who you are, or you know who those guys are in your life, all right? There are certain people in your network that will contact you to drain you and take away from you. There are people that will contact you to add to you, all right? Be mindful of that. 
And that is the proper mindset I need you to have moving forward as it pertains to having your income on autopilot. In episode two, we're going to talk about tactical ways you can begin to create autopilot income. Hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast so far. I love you guys. Keep God first, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.